You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hi, welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are going to talk about public transportation in the city and in the suburbs. This episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit SpectacularStrolls.com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is Ed Brohard. Hey, Ed. Hi, Linda. Good to see you again. Yeah. So um, we're talking about public transportation in Detroit, which is a pretty hot topic. Um, and we have both had firsthand experiences recently with public transportation. Um, Ed, tell me a little bit about how it went. Well, uh, first of all, let me say that um, as a little kid growing up in Royal Oak, um, I used Detroit public transportation because my mother didn't drive, and uh, she was real big on taking us everywhere. And so the way we did it was by public transportation. In fact, I'm old enough to even remember the Detroit trolley system. So uh, the Detroit Street Railway when it was really a railway. Wow. So, yes, it was uh, it was fun, and I've used it again and again and again over the years. And even though I've relied far more on cars um, as an adult, I always like getting back to those roots. And, you know, I think we talked about it. We took the bus um, and it was an adventure. But I also had experience when I was a kid taking the bus with my grandmother who did not drive. She did not consider it an adventure. And I'm sure your mom didn't consider it an adventure. No, right. This was how you got places. That's how you got places. That's, and they, I'm sure your mother and my grandmother had been taking the bus and the trolley and the streetcar their entire lives. It was no big grand adventure to them. Right. Where to us, <laughs> it was a... It was something really different. And my husband even said, it's a little bit like a roller coaster ride. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, explain to us um, what your adventure entailed, Ed. Well, um, this last weekend, in in preparation for this, I had already uh, been downtown and ridden the queue line a number of times. and uh, But I hadn't actually been on a Detroit bus for some time. So um, I live out in Rochester. And Rochester Hills. And so uh, I went down to take, I, I did a little research and found out there was a new bus called the Reflex, which sounded great, even fewer stops than the fast bus. And uh, this is through the smart system uh, that connects the suburbs with Detroit. And um, so I went to the place where I was supposed to get it uh, behind Neiman Marcus at Somerset Mall. And unfortunately, there was a sign-up saying that the uh, reflex bus was canceled and uh, as of two days before. So I thought, great. Well, I had already done a little research on the smart bus, and I knew that at the same area, uh, a fast bus would be leaving. That's also a smart bus. It's also a smart bus, it's yeah. It's kind of their newest bus. I think it's just started at the beginning of this year. Right. Uh, Unfortunately, I wasn't at all sure about when it was going to come. And I was in my car when I saw this. So as I'm driving around, the smart bus came up. Unfortunately, if you're behind the bus, there's no way to get on the bus because, you know, you've got to park. (laughs) Right. Did it say fast on the side? Yes, it did. Yeah. And it came up just as, you know, I was about to leave or was ready to leave, but I hadn't parked my car yet. So um, I figured I'd better reconnoiter. So I went to a local... Kentucky Fried Chicken, where they had Wi-Fi, and I had my tablet with me, and uh, so ordered a Diet Pepsi and actually perused where the next stop was and saw that there was one near four, at 14 Mile in Woodward. 
Oh. So I parked right off of Woodward and went out to the bus and caught it there. Now, was this on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. This is on Sunday because I know the schedule is different um, on those two days. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the fast bus comes every half hour on Saturday, but every hour on Sunday. Right. Except that there's, um, well, there are actually two lines. There's like 461 and 462. Right. That are the fast buses. And um, they're staggered. Like, and one comes from Pontiac Transit Center, and the other comes from Somerset, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they staggered them so that even though those those individual lines for the for that number runs every hour, they're actually a half hour apart. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't too long a wait. It's a little confusing. I would suggest <laughs> that people check the website, um, the smart website, before they uh, plan their bus trip. Right. Because you don't want to have to be at a spot for an hour waiting for your next Yeah, bus. and I, I made a mistake, too, because when I got on the uh, the bus, I realized that it didn't have fast on it. So when I got on, I said, where is this? Is this a fast bus? And he said, no, you're going to have to wait for that. And I thought, well... You know, I said, well, where are you going? And he said, just to the state fair. I said, well, if I get on, if I stay on with you, can I get off and then transfer to the fast bus from there? He said, sure. And and, uh, there's no charge for the transfer. I think that may be because I'm a quote unquote senior citizen, but uh, otherwise maybe it would be a quarter. Anyway, I didn't have to pay for uh, the transfer. And so that's what I did. I rode that. And what was your fare? Uh, My yeah. fare was 50 cents. Yeah. 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 50 cents. It would have been um, $2. Is that right? I think it's normally $2. Yeah. Um, but the fixed rate is um, 50 cents. It's a dollar, but it's half price for seniors. Yeah. So, yeah, my husband and I had a similar experience. We um, picked up the fast bus. It was actually right exactly on time on Sunday, according to the schedule. I had picked up a schedule, um, which is really a nice thing to have. And it was right there. We got on it, brand new, beautiful bus, big windows. I think uh, we may have been the only, there was one other person on the bus. And we were very happy with our ride. It was it was fast. My husband did compare it to a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> we zipped down Big Beaver and went over to Woodward, and there were minimal stops. And I noticed, uh, because I had the schedule and the map, where all the stops were, I was paying attention. And if there were no people at the stop, the bus driver did not stop there, which makes it even faster. Right. That really does help you know, make it a much smoother, quicker trip. Um, And we were very, very happy. And we were a little bit nervous when we got downtown because I had read on the website that a lot of the drop-off spots are not the exact same spot for pickup. So we asked the bus driver where the pickup spot was for our trip south or north home and she told us where it was. And it was, I would say, almost two blocks away from where we were dropped off. So there is a difference. And it's a good thing to know. I mean, there is a little sign that says fast mm-hmm. because we were looking for the fast bus specifically. Right. right. Um, and uh, once we found the sign, we waited there, got our bus to come home, came home. It was a lovely trip. Yeah. Well, that was the same for me. And I think that the, the thing with the... Um, the uh, southbound and northbound being in different places that that uh, really just happens downtown. I think because you're right. they make sort of a loop rather than they going do. rather than staying on Woodward Avenue, right. which is most of the trip. Yes, uh, once you get downtown, it uh, like southbound veers over to um, Randolph and goes down to Jefferson, and the other one goes over to Washington Boulevard. So um, you know they're. Obviously different. 
I what I wound up doing was just going right down to the very first stop, which was Randolph and Jefferson, and getting on there. In fact, I was the first person on. He he, the driver waited for two minutes because he was like two minutes ahead of schedule. So, and I think that if you are taking the other fast buses, which also go down main streets, including Gratiot, Michigan Avenue, right? Um, that Jefferson and Randolph spot is where you pick them up. That yeah, right. That's well. That uh, one came and it was dropping people off from the Gratiot line. Yeah, and they she said, "Don't get on this one." <laughs> the none of the fast bus seem to go down Woodward once you get to Grand Circus Park. Right, they make a little loop after that. Yeah, but you know, um, like anything else, the first time you do it, you know, you kind of learn. Mm-hmm. And I yep. would take it again in a heartbeat. I mean, my husband and I calculated that we saved ourselves $20 at least in gas and parking. Oh, absolutely. And buying a 50-cent ticket was amazing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, the they're, they're fast, like you said. Of course, it was Sunday, so the traffic wasn't terrible, but they moved right along. They don't make unnecessary stops. They also let you know both – there's a recorded message um, stating, at least on my bus, stating what the next stop was. Right. We had that too. Yeah. That was great. And there's uh, there's also like a, a creeper, that uh, electronic creeper up at the front right. of the bus, you know, saying yeah. what, what was coming up. Right. And then if you pull the cord, mm-hmm. stop requested. Stop requested, yes. So, and if there is no stop requested or there's no one at the stop, they don't stop. They continue on through, yeah. Yeah, minimal stops. It was it was a wonderful experience. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's the smart fast bus for suburbanites and Detroiters who want to come out to the suburbs. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are many people who live in Detroit who probably want to come out to Somerset uh, either to work or shop or. You know, the bus goes both ways. So, Well, you know, that that's one of the big deals. Um, had the fast bus been operating a few years ago, you probably remember the uh, the case of the walking man. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the gentleman who lived down around Grand Boulevard and, and Woodward and had a job out in Rochester Hills. Yeah. And he would have to walk for a good portion of that. Right. Taking him hours. I mean, you know, in the dead of winter. And it, it became a, uh, a national story. It did. Yeah. And unfortunately, we still don't have a no, bus that comes to no. Rochester. But he would have gotten a lot closer had the, right. had the bus system or the bus line that we took been available to him. And quicker. And quicker. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's the smart bus and the new fast bus within the smart system. But Detroit also has several other types of public transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, the people mover is one of my favorite types of public transportation. I love the people mover. I love being on the people mover, looking out the window and getting a little bit of a tour of the city. For people that don't know, it's an elevated train. Um, it goes two and a half miles, and it's 75 cents. So, yeah, the People Mover is an automated light rail system operating on an elevated track in the downtown Detroit business district. Um, it's got 13 stations, and you can take it to quite a different, uh, quite a few different locations, and it's seventy five cents. It's you know it'll take you to the Cobo Center, Greek Town, the Renaissance Center, Grand Circus Park, um, which also connects to the Q Line station, um, which we're going to talk about in a little while. Uh, the People Mover. The reason it is my favorite, one of my favorite modes of transportation in the city is, like I said, I love being on that elevated train, getting a little tour of the city. You get a really good viewpoint of new projects that are under construction. Um, it's a great little 75 cent tour of the city. Um, and the other thing that I love about the People Mover is the art in the stations. Yeah. 
Yeah. The art in the stations is so beautiful. And I encourage anyone who is taking a trip on the People Mover to get off the People Mover as often as possible because a lot of time the art is not up where you get the train. It's down below where you walk from the street. Most of the stations, you're going to walk up a stairway to get to the elevated station and that art, a lot of it is down below. So that is something to really check out. And it is first class. And a lot of it's done in uh, beautiful pubic pottery. A lot of it and is. And it's by local artists. Um, just fabulous designs. And every one is different with a different theme. Um, you know, the like uh, one down in on Michigan Avenue in the financial district, it's on the move, and it's right. people with briefcases yes. and everything. You know, right? It's sort of sort of a fifties stylized, know. you know. And uh, at Kobo, uh, where of course the auto show is, there's the cavalcade of cars, which is very appropriate. And it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that definitely worth checking out. Oh, it it, it is. It is quite the art tour. Um, there is also some historic art uh, at the People Mover stations. In 1902, a, um, a sculpture was commissioned uh, with Cadillac. It was the Cadillac uh, sculpture. Is that Cadillac as in the founder of Detroit? Or? Right. The okay. Cadillac that was the founder of Detroit. And um, where is it? I've got it in my notes here. Um, okay. So 1901, a group of civic-minded citizens joined efforts to construct a monument to Madame de la Moth Cadillac, the wife of Detroit's founder. So um, this sculpture, which is very beautiful, went into the Detroit Institute of Arts. But uh, when the People Mover was constructed, it was moved. And it is at the Cadillac Station. Okay. That's appropriate. Yes. Yeah. So we've got some beautiful historic art. Nice. Um, yeah. Originally, the People Mover was... Um, Planned to be extended out to the Fisher Building, um, but uh, that plan was scrapped and the queue line was installed along that Woodward uh, route instead. Uh, Ed, you've recently been on the queue line. What do you think about it? I really like the queue line. I mean, I it it goes back to my old trolley days when I couldn't imagine anything better than that. And I think that they've done a beautiful job on it. Now, people can argue, as they have with the People Mover too, that it serves a very limited uh, area, that it um, appeals to a very limited clientele, in this case maybe – you know, uh, gentrif uh, gentrified people who have moved downtown, and uh, certainly it doesn't get out to the neighborhoods. But it's a start. And it is a start. And you have to start somewhere, and you have to have, you know, something be successful for it to breed further success. You know, I think, you know, if I say I lived in the city, which I would love to do, and I wanted to go grocery shopping, mm -hmm. um, say I lived right downtown, and I wanted to go to the Whole Food Market that is in Midtown. Yeah. Um, walk more. over to Woodward, jump on the queue line. Boom. couple miles later, you're at Whole Food Market. Bring your food back. You're set. Um, you know, if, if you lived in Midtown, you want to go downtown. I, I, it's for city dwellers, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I, I find it um, slightly frustrating living not in the city because there is no clear place for parking. Um, when you get on the queue line, I know you said you have parked over by the Fisher building. Yeah. And in some of the side streets, particularly on the, uh, the east side of Woodward, which is a little less developed, you know, um, 
that probably is going to change because it looks like there's a lot of building going on. But right now, there's uh, on streets like Milwaukee and Baltimore, you actually can find free parking just right on the street. Uh, it may take a little while and it may be, have something to do with the time of day. And I also have a very small car. But uh, <clears throat> I you've got to look for it. Yeah, you've got to look for it. But that is a possibility. If you do have to pay to park up there, it's a little cheaper than parking downtown. You're still going to pay. I know. But uh, yeah. You're still going to pay. I think that was one of the big advantages to taking the smart fast bus mm-hmm. was that um, my husband and I, we <laughs> parked at Somerset Mall in Troy, which is free parking. Right. And then, boom, you get on the bus and 50 cents later, you're down in Detroit. Right. Right. I agree. So, yeah. And we wanted to talk a little bit. I know we talked about... um our experiences when we were young, when we were kids, taking the bus, you with your mom, me with my grandmother. Um, I remember my grandmother lived at Gratiot and Seven Mile, and we would walk down to the end of her street, Westphalia, get on the Seven Mile bus and get the transfer and then get off at Gratiot and take the Gratiot bus down to Detroit and go to downtown Hudson's, and it's one of my favorite memories it, of childhood. Every Detroit, uh, every person who's grown up in Detroit, that is the favorite memory. Right, right, for all and of us. and and it has a rich history. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but times are changing, and I do believe that Detroit is in need of more public transportation. And it may be one of the reasons why we lost the second Amazon headquarters. Right. That was, cer- that was certainly stated. And it probably wasn't the over reason, uh, only reason. And maybe it was overly hyped because some of the ones that did make it don't necessarily have great transportation. But um, it certainly was a factor. Uh, it was a factor just for mobility and livability. Um and, you know, another factor with Amazon was that they were concerned that it didn't have, for instance, the educational opportunities, things like that. But that would all be improved uh, with a better transportation system because right. then, you you know, it would be definitely a draw to the city to be able to get around and get to different – educational places, to universities, to schools. Right. So I, I think that it's all, you know, part of a whole. It is part of the whole. But, you know, Amazon's first headquarters is in Seattle, a city I'm pretty familiar with. I have a son that lives there. They do not have a subway, mm-hmm. but they have a very reliable, extensive bus system, which I have used many times when I'm out there. Right. And they have embraced light rail. Which we are also, we have started with light rail in, mm-hmm. in Detroit. So, but buses are still key. And, um, down in Detroit, I did go to the DDOT station, the Detroit Department of Transportation, Rosa Park station, which is a beautiful, clean, uh, facility. And, uh, it seemed like it was, um, very welcoming. It did not seem like it was in a scary part of town. It's right downtown, right off uh, Washington Boulevard. Right, and um, it's a it's a lovely building, a lovely facility. Um, I have heard that the um, on time rates are not what they should be, uh, and so that's something that's going to have to. Be addressed. So that's for the connecting buses going out to neighborhoods and, and, well, and various yes, routes? Well, yes. Those are the Detroit Department of Transportation right. buses. Right. And I have heard that before this fast bus, this smart bus required a transfer to DDOT bus. Right. So this fast bus really has really eliminated that whole get off the bus yeah. at 8 Mile, transfer, wait for another bus, go downtown. So that's another advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I happen to have done that, but that was because I got on the state fair bus. But, right. But uh, yeah, that's the way it would How have been. How long did you have to wait for your DDAP bus? Oh, 
You cross the street at uh, a large cemetery, Woodlawn uh, right. Cemetery, and I think I waited uh, maybe 10 minutes. I called my wife and said, oh, you know, I got on the wrong bus, but I'm waiting for the right bus, and I have my transfer. Um, the only thing I will note, and I, in fact, I'm going to contact the, um, the smart people, um, there was no trash can at the waiting area. There was a nice little bench, you know, and a, a kind of a protected uh, place to wait. But it was littered with all kinds of trash. And I can see why. There's no place to throw it. See. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know. This this was my... And I've heard that there are a number of stations that do not have a shelter, which okay. is also a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. I mean, it's Detroit for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, our weather is obviously changeable. That's absolutely for sure. Um, okay, so moving on to other types of public transportation, Amtrak. And Detroit Station, known as the Baltimore Street Station, is right over by the Fisher Building. Um, and it serves Amtrak trains and Q-Line streetcars. It's located on the corner of Woodward and West Baltimore Avenues in the New Center area. Uh, and it's the Wolverine. Okay, so I have a lot of experience with this because right. I've taken the Wolverine, which goes between Detroit and Chicago many times, back and forth. And it is also my connecting train to the Empire Builder, which I have taken probably five or six times out to Seattle. Yeah, that's... And that is a wonderful train. The Wolverine is a nice train. Um, if you're taking it and you want to go coach, that's fine. But if you want to upgrade to first class, it is an extra $20. And it is a bargain. To get a first-class seat on anything for $20 is kind of worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get leather seats. In coach, you've got three seats on one, of, one side of the aisle and three seats on the other side of the aisle in the first-class section. You have two seats on one of the one side of the aisle and one seat on the other side of the aisle. So a lot roomier. It's a lot roomier. And more comfortable. Uh, you also get a couple other perks, like you get a newspaper. I think you get a free drink. Um, my favorite advantage to the first-class ticket is in Chicago at Union Station, there is a first-class lounge called the Metro Lounge mm -hmm. that is absolutely beautiful. And um, it has gorgeous upholstered furniture, uh, tables, um Screens, televisions everywhere, complimentary drinks, snacks. It is a lovely, lovely waiting room. And um, the first time that I took the Empire Builder out to Seattle, I wasn't aware there was a first-class lounge. And I was waiting in the normal lounge to get on the Empire Builder. And uh, an attendant told me, you know, if you have a sleeper ticket, which I had, for the um, Empire Builder, you are eligible to use the Metro Lounge, which is hidden away. You kind of <laughs> have to ask somebody where it is. There's no big sign that says Metro Lounge in Chicago at Union Station. So they sent me over there, and it was a lovely place to wait for my Empire Builder train, which is a sleeper train, which is a very nice experience also. Surprisingly enough, it takes only two days to get from Chicago to Seattle. The sleepers are great. Um, you can get different size sleepers depending on how many people are in your party. I've taken it by myself and I usually get the roomette, which is one bed and then a, uh, an upper kind of loft type bed that folds out from the, from the side and, um, I don't use that when I'm with myself. Uh, the nice thing about that Empire Builder, all your meals are included in a beautiful dining room. Oh, nice. It's very nice. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's kind of nice. You spend a lot of time in the dining car. And they seat you with people that you don't know because they're trying to fill up the booths. So you end up getting to know everyone that has taken a sleeper out west. And um, everyone's pretty chatty. And friendly, um, 
a lot of people don't like to fly and their philosophy is what's the rush? It takes two <laughs> days to get there, which is kind of, I say they should rename the empire Empire builder, the what's the rush train. Um, and they also had trivia and wine tasting at two o'clock in the afternoon, which oh was gosh. very lovely. It's, it's a nice trip. You really get a nice view of the country uh, without having to do any work. And uh, I found sleeping on the train very comfortable, very relaxing. Uh, the station in Seattle has recently been restored. It is absolutely beautiful. The tile work looks like jewelry. It is so pretty and so nice and so clean. It's a very nice experience to take the Empire Builder. If anyone's thinking about that, you can pick it up in Detroit at the, you know, to pick up the Wolverine at the new, uh, in the new center, take it to Chicago, transfer to your Empire Builder. You've got a nice and actually, Tour of the country. you can begin that if you're in the northern suburbs in Pontiac. You can. Because that's really where the line begins. It is where the line begins. And that mm -hmm. is usually where I pick it up. Yeah. Um, and they also have stops in Royal Oak, uh, Troy. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, there's. Uh, do they stop in Dearborn or in uh, Birmingham? Or no, I guess it's the Troy. That's Troy. Troy. Yeah. Yeah. And But then it goes on. Across Past Michigan Detroit, it to does. Ann Arbor, and, right? And uh, my uh, my son and his wife and our granddaughter have uh, taken the that train from Kalamazoo because that's where they live. And so, do they take the uh, Wolverine? Uh, I guess it must yeah, be. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, and we we would pick them up at the Pontiac station. Right. Yeah. It's you know it's a nice easy way to travel. I've also taken the Megabus to Chicago. Right. Is that still running? I think it is. I think they have moved their um, station area over. It was right at... Um, Wayne State, wasn't it? Well, I think there was one stop at Wayne State, and then there was also another stop at Grand Circus Park, okay. and I think they've moved it over to Washington Boulevard. And that's a nice little trip, too. Uh, that's basically an express express bus that goes from Detroit, and I think we stopped in Ann Arbor, but very few stops. Boom, all the way to Chicago, and it's very pleasant too. It's very right. nice, and it was fairly reasonable. It's very it? reasonably yeah. priced. They have specials. Some of the specials are like if you really time it right, you can do it for ten dollars. Oh it's, my gosh! Yeah, check the Megabus website. Um. Okay, so we also have Detroit's first public bike sharing system mm, called MoGo. Mogo. I know. And I would do this. Um, I'm not a huge big bike rider, but they make it easy. They've got 430 bikes at 43 stations across 10 Detroit neighborhoods. You know, it's designed for quick trips around town. Um, and you can get, you know, a monthly pass for it. I think it's $18 a month. The yearly pass is $80. Daily pass is $8. Um, One of the things I really like with MoGo is, um, and I'm not in a position to do this, but um, they have a $5 annual fee for persons who qualify um, because they're on Medicaid, or oh, okay. They're on a reduced food, rate. food assistance. Well, it's it's almost free. I mean, wow. five dollars a year. Yeah, you know, and uh, so, and the only thing extra you would pay is if you went uh, uh, over the half hour. I mean, the the bike sharing thing. The idea is that it's for shorter trips, right? And so there's all these stations, so you can pick up a bike in one place drop it off at another, come back, and, you know, you could go to a number of different spots. Oh, But it's sure. based on short trips. Right. And, uh, like, for those people, it's an extra $2 if they go over, you know, for another half hour. Right. For, like, a longer trip. Which is still trip. pretty reasonable. Very reasonable. Well, I know when we took our bus trip um, on the fast bus, when we got downtown, we did a lot of walking, which was great exercise. Mm -hmm. It was terrific. But, you know, I wouldn't have minded walking down to the river walk 
Um, and I would, I think take getting on one of those bikes and taking that down to the river walk would be a lovely experience. I think that's a great idea. You know, I mean, you could literally spend, you know, a whole day biking, walking, alternate types of, uh, transportation. I would love to see them put a station over on Belle Isle. Um, but I, I, there is one, I think that's close to Belle Isle out on East, uh, East Jefferson, but right, and they do have DDOT buses that go to Belle Isle. Yes, so right. and I did talk to my mother about this, um, and I asked her because she grew up in the city uh, if she spent very much time in Belle Isle, and she said that she did as a teenager, and they always took the bus to Belle Isle. Oh yeah, yeah. that was the way they got there. So you know, I think Belle Isle, which we will be. Uh, exploring in an upcoming podcast um, suffers just a little bit from being not near the downtown area or, you know, not a, a place that you can walk to. It's not like Central Park in New York where you can, or, you know, Millennial Park in Chicago. You can't just mm-hmm. walk over there. Um, but uh, you can take a bus. That's right. And in some ways, the fact that it's such a unique location on an island makes it uh, special because it's a destination too. It's that's very true. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you could probably get a Mogo bus or a Mogo bike and take that over there if you wanted to. Yeah, if you were willing to, you know, pay the few extra dollars for the additional time, right? You, could, you know, probably ride yeah. it back to the same spot. But I believe that on the Mogo map, I did see something further on the east side. It wasn't right on the island, but it. You know, it would be accessible. Right. Now, I did see, you know, people using the Mogo bikes when I was downtown. And I noticed they were riding their bikes on the sidewalk. This is on Washington Boulevard, which is probably not what you're supposed to do. No. And we, I, I think we need to do a better job just in the entire metropolitan area with really design, uh, making designated bike lanes. Bike lanes. Yeah. For sure. But, and I think that the Motor City maybe is not so sensitive to people on bicycles, like, say, Seattle or Portland. They're used to a lot of people riding their bikes to work. Right. Um, maybe we are not looking out for bikes the way we should be because mostly we're not used to it. But that seemed to me a little bit of a disadvantage with the Mogo bike. Um, having to stay in the designated lanes, which I think are a little tricky. Although you probably get used to them after after you've done it for a while. Well, probably in a lot of cities, downtown areas are not that easy. You know, just because of the probably traffic, maybe narrower streets. Right, right. I mean, actually, this sidewalk bike riding thing looked a lot safer, but it's probably not what you're supposed to do. But Grand Boulevard, I mean, uh, Washington Boulevard was not crowded on Sunday at all. There weren't that many people, so mm-hmm. they were fine. Yeah. But bike riding is coming back in Detroit. I mean, they've got the uh, – Slow roll. The slow roll. Which slow is, roll is very popular. Yeah. I mean, thousands of people turn out for that. And, you know, extending bike paths like the DeQuinder Cut, and which they plan to extend all the way up through the new center. Have you been on the DeQuinder Cut? I have not. I cannot ride a bike anymore because I have a Zippo balance. Oh, okay. Now, if I get my three-wheeler, which I hope to do, yeah. and maybe a rec- uh, recumbent, which would be really great. That would I'm be great. I'm super looking forward to that. I have walked the DeQuinder Cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's very pretty. Um, it's great. I've also done, okay, and this is another type of alternate public transportation. I did a Segway tour. Really? I did. Yes. Um, this is a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if that company is still offering these tours, but we went up and down the river walk. We went on the DeQuinder Cut. We, um, went on a few streets. I think we went on Jefferson. We went everywhere and they are, a little tricky to get used to the Segway because it's not like you like press a button and it goes on. No, you kind of turn it on with your sense of balance. 
Yeah, see, that that would be the problem for me yeah. <laughs> since I have none. <laughs> uh, they took us to a parking lot, and we practiced for 20 minutes okay. before we went on our tour, which was very helpful. Um, we did it. It was great, and it was a great way to go on the Dequinder Cut. And I love the Dequinder Cut because it is the connection between two of my favorite areas in the city, um, Eastern Market and the Riverwalk. Mm-hmm. And it is a straight little shot that is underground. It's the Dequinder Cut is a former rail, uh, railroad line that below was, grade, yeah, below grade, and uh, abandoned for years. Uh, the graffiti is still up there. They kept the graffiti, which is very interesting to see, but well maintained. Um, recently. Uh, when I was in Eastern Market, I looked over down into the Dequinder Cut and I noticed a bandstand area. Wow. So they have a lot of entertainment and events mm-hmm. that are going to be happening on that Dequinder Cut. Um, it is, a, I think, a fun new place for people to go, especially if you're at Eastern Market and you want to get to the Riverwalk. Boom. You can just, there's a stairway right in the market. I think it's on Willett Street. Go down into the Quinder Cut and walk to the River Walk. It's a short walk. Well, I think that they're discovering in Detroit as they they know all across the country and the world even that walkability and rideability are really important. And that's really what uh, sells a city nowadays. People do not want to be changed to an, uh, chained to an automobile. And, you know, I should mention too – one thing that um, is that this change is is very welcome for is residents in Detroit and uh, Wayne County who have to pay so much money to drive a car to have insurance. I uh, talked with a number of of people that I befriended on the bus on the flex bus Sunday, and uh, I was saying, "Well, why do you drive the bus?" And they said. We we can't afford a car. It's very expensive. I mean, they, it is priced right out of the market. One lady, she was probably in her 60s, very pleasant woman. Uh, she said, I have a car. It's in my garage. I don't drive it because I can't insure it. And I said, so do you drive – do you do you take the bus often? And she said, probably three times a day. Oh, wow. She said, I'm all over the – and sometimes many more. You know, she goes to see her grandchildren. She does shopping. She does uh, – she volunteers down at the music hall and the opera house as an usher. And so she's all over town. And, and does this, she live in the city or does yeah, she live- she does. This was a, an, an older African-American woman who, you know um, – This is her mode of transportation. This is her mode of transportation. I said, well, how does how does SMART compare to the DDOT buses? She said – Smart's a lot better. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, you know, she says... You, more on time, maybe. More, more on time. Well, I mean, it's not as an extensive a system, but, you know. Right. Um, if she has both things available to her, to, she'll take the smart bus. But, you know, they they coordinate on their transfers. Right. And so uh, you can get around. Well, I think, you know, we've talked about this before. There are a lot of different options available uh, today with our technology. Uber and Lyft have demonstrated that people don't need to drive everywhere they want to go. I mean, it's a little bit more expensive. I know where I live in Rochester, to take an Uber to downtown is about $35 with extra charges during busier times. But it is a pleasure not to have to drive down there worry about where I'm going to park. Um, it, it's a great system. It, it's going to cost you some money, but you can have a drink. <laughs> you don't have to worry about driving home. Um, it, I like I like it. Uh, you split your Uber fee with the people you go down with or your Lyft fee, so it's a little bit more reasonable there. But that 50-cent ride on that fast bus cannot be beat. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was very happy to see it. I'm, I can't wait to use it again. You know, if you're looking for kind of a little downtown adventure trip, uh, take that fast bus. 
down to the city, wander around the city, look and see what's going on down there. So many new developments. The Shinola Hotel, um, mm-hmm. it's supposed to open this fall. It's beautiful. They're starting to work on the new building in the former Hudson site. So much construction going on down there. Campus Martius is such a fun place. When we were down there Sunday, they already had the beach area set oh, up. Oh, I noticed that, yes. With the tiki bar. The tiki and I, bar and their and Adirondack the, chairs. I and, know, and I thought, I want to come back down here and have a drink at the tiki bar this summer. And I noticed that uh, they had taken out the uh, skating rink and laid new sods. So. Right, <laughs> right. I think they have a program where they have movies mm-hmm. uh, in Campus Marshes in the evening, right. outdoor movies. They have a lot of entertainment options going on there, especially through the summer. Uh, during the winter, Campus Marshes had this beautiful winter market of um, little glass huts with different things being sold in the huts in the Cadillac Square section of Campus Marshes, which goes a little bit off to the east of the of Campus Marshes itself. And that's also a popular place for food trucks, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So, um, and I've heard those little glass huts are going to be coming back this summer. Right, right. I think they were very successful for the people that operated them, so. I think they were. And it was beautiful. The Cadillac Lounge down at the end of the little huts was beautiful. And, of course, you got the park restaurant. You got the park. The park restaurant is very nice. I went there for my birthday. It was Uh lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're close to the Riverwalk. You're close, close to a lot of places that you can walk to. You're close to Greektown. You're in the middle of of the city. Um, and you can do all of this without taking your car. Uh, yes. And I think, you know, one thing that's really improved, because I don't think it was always this way. Um, it used to be that you really had to be careful about, you know, if, if you did take uh, buses uh, to the northern suburbs, you know, they, they stopped fairly early. Right. And they've extended all the hours. So you can get regular bus service now if you're going to a play or show or right. concert downtown. I mean, even on Sunday night, which is the most curtailed um, times, I could be down there till like 930. Um, which during, is great. Yeah, during a, a, like on a Friday or Saturday or, you know, during the week, you can you can come back after midnight. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's that that is really a plus. I feel like we're a commercial for Smart's yeah, Fast Bus I, here. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. But a lot of people that I've talked to about it have said, "Oh, I want to do this." You know, it's easy, it's safe, it's really reasonably priced and just a fun thing to do. Right. So I think uh, we've pretty much wrapped up public transportation in Detroit, something that uh, is very much in the news uh, nowadays and is something that everyone is talking about and everybody seems to want. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to open up in the future. I think. Well, one thing I think we do need to mention is that there are a number of ballot proposals uh, you know, it. this is the Motor City. Right. And because it's the Motor City and because of the huge suburban sprawl that has happened in Detroit, right. many cities, but I think Detroit epitomizes it. It does. Um, is that you have to constantly fight for this regional transport. Right. You know? And uh, too often suburbanites have said, oh, well, that's just a Detroit problem. That's a Detroit thing. You know, the whole NIMBY argument. Not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. And I'm not going to pay for something that somebody else is going to use but that I don't have any interest in it. Well, first of all, if they realize – if there was a good way of getting around, they might see that as a very uh, attractive alternative for them out in the suburbs. But um, there's also the sense of, you know, a society simply – agreeing that they're going to work together to make something work, okay? For sure. 
And if it works for other people, it's probably going to work for you it's too. It's probably going to work here Because too. you know what? It's going to increase business. It's going to increase people coming to your city. It's going right. to increase jobs. It's going to help the economy. And that's a trickle-down and trickle-up thing that's going to affect everybody. And I think perception is changing also um, among our age group, which we're baby boomers, um, you know, we have never embraced public transportation, not not in our position in the suburbs of the Motor City. Mm-hmm. But millennials are a whole different ballgame. It is. It is. They want public transportation. I know I have relatives, nieces and nephews who don't have cars right. uh, that live in the city and don't want cars. <laughs> Even my son rides his bike on a regular basis to his job down in downtown Seattle. Um, I had a niece in uh, Philadelphia, never had a car for four years, took public transportation to work every day and was happy to do that. Saved yourself a whole ton of money by not having to have a car and paying for gas, paying for parking, and paying for insurance. Mm -hmm. So... I think perception is changing. I think it is too. And if those people become more politically active and actually go out and vote for things, no matter what, you know, they, where they fall on the political spectrum, if they see this as something that's worth, worthwhile right. for a region, for an area, and that your life is more than just your little town that you live in. Right. Okay. Um, then I think that there there is real hope for the and, future. And, it, and it's up to us who do vote to encourage this also and to support it because we've had a brain drain. Yeah. And we need to stop that. That's a real problem in Michigan. It I is mean, a huge you problem. You know, we, we've got an excellent um, university system, but those people don't stay here. They come and they leave. And our own kids My, go to these places and yes. they leave. Because, you know, they – Why they would want, they stay in Detroit? Why would they? They want these things. They want to be able to it's get It's time around. for this brain drain to end. That's right. That's for right. For sure. Well, it's been great talking um, about our adventures on public transportation. And uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here now. Um, once again, uh, check out SpectacularStrolls.com for your next uh, downtown adventure. Bye-bye. Bye, Linda.